Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. We're so happy that you're listening today. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. So many new listeners and new members of our Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Welcome to you all. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Los Angeles at the Wondery Sunset Studios. I'm a writer and producer. I live in L.A. with my two 20-something sons, one of whom is driving me crazy already. <laughs> Home for summer vacation. He's on the couch, isn't he, Liam? A lot. A lot of issues with the speed of our Wi-Fi. That's all I can say. A lot of issues. A lot of issues. Uh, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm here with Leanne in the Wondery studio. I live in Santa Monica, California with my dog, Hooper, who makes no use of the Wi-Fi at all. He never. He complains about nothing. <laughs> Hey, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm the oldest sister. I'm an empty nester. I'm an urban nana. I have five grandchildren. And today, can I say happy birthday to my dog, Oliver, because he's a year old today. So happy birthday, Ollie. He's uh, he's doing a fine job over here. Uh, I mean, he's still a baby. He's still Uh very immature. Okay, that's all I can say. He's a poor decision maker many times. But I thought you sent him to puppy school. That didn't work. I did send it a still. He's, he just is a poor decision maker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Julie, we are going to talk more about dogs later on in the show. We love dogs, but this is a dog situation I am not so sure about. Uh-huh. LA Times had a big story about all the dogs at Amazon. <laughs> and I Okay. Are I there have, a lot of dogs there, Liam? It's a lot of dogs, and I have a few issues with <laughs> some of the dog benefits. <laughs> That's all. Oh, That's okay. All. I have a yeah. As a working mom, yeah, I'm wondering about extending all these benefits to dogs. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's mm-hmm. what I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, also today on the show, we're we're going to talk about Bigfoot too. This is going to be a great show. <laughs> and um, Liz, you have some questions about a new move from Facebook. Yeah. Always speaking I mean, of cryptocurrency, Facebook really. Oh. You think we're going to do that with you? I don't know. Not feeling it, Leanne. Not feeling it. And then did you guys see that news story yesterday about the woman who woke up in a plane? Like alone yes, in a Leanne. dark plane? Is okay. that your worst nightmare? It just, yes. how does that happen? I don't exactly. understand. I, what, what is the real story there, Leanne? I, I mean, I hate to, I just am very skeptical about what happened there. I 100% agree, Julie. I think we should speculate wildly. Uh, <laughs> okay. So let's okay. do that later. We have an entertaining sisters today. We have some, Julie is just on fire recommending things old people. I mean, other people should see. So, 
Hey, yeah. Leanne, I have something very hip and groovy that oh. I'm going to recommend to you. And yes, I have so, a solid gold recommendation <laughs> as well. So I think you're going to be happy. Uh, but can, but I but as you know, if you've been following along at home, that I made a trip to Bend, Oregon, specifically to check on Liz's sprinkler system. Right? <laughs> okay, that's not oh, why yeah. you okay. went. That was mainly why I went. Oh, I was also uh, went to help out our brother who's recovering from some surgery and our niece who at the same time was having her wisdom teeth taken out. So there were a number of patients up there in Bend, Oregon, but it was Liz's sprinkler system. And Liz, I, I do, you know, one final thing that I think your sprinkler system is working, but sprinkler may be too strong of a word for what I saw. It seemed to be dribbling. Is mm-hmm. that... Is that a, is a low water protocol you have yeah. going on in Ben? Yeah, it's a yes. dri- it's drip irrigation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's what I wanted to make sure because okay. it wasn't it wasn't a full on sprinkler system. No, uh, it was a dribbling. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so. I would. I it is it is high desert there. Yeah, I, I elected not. Lots of people have lawns. I don't believe in that in the high desert. Don't do that. Good. So right. I have low water use plants, okay. and I'm giving them a low amount of water. Okay, that's good because it was either that or your broken sprinkler system. I could, I wasn't okay. certain. Okay, but you're set. But my main thing was, you know, my a core assignment was taking care of the two patients that were there. And I mean, not really. I mean, I was, I was wanted to go to help out my uh, sister in law, our sister in law Susan. So uh, we had my brother recovering from uh, surgery, and then Fiona. Had, she had oral surgery and she had four wisdom teeth taken out. So I was on ice packs. I was on charting pain meds, you know, just to keep track of what, what we are, everybody was taking. I was, I went to get smoothies, a lot of smoothies because when, as, as you know, if you've had oral surgery or if you've had a child that's had oral surgery, you know, you can't have, you have to have soft foods. Uh, I did some dishes. Um, I also provided meals and uh, I have a couple go-to meals that when I go on assignment, it's really interchangeable. Urban Nana or when I was up there in Bend that I know are solid gold winners that people of all ages will enjoy. And one of them is the Barefoot Contessa Turkey Meatloaf. Have you ever made this, Leanne or yes. Liz? Yes. No. No. <laughs> so right there, if you're a new listener and you want to know the difference between Leanne and Liz, it's an excellent example. Yes. Have you ever cooked meatloaf? Leanne, yes. Liz, Liz no. no. No, yeah, but, okay. but I think okay. I've eaten Leanne's meatloaf, <laughs> yes. and Mom used to make that too. So yeah. I and I made it for Mom at your house, Liz. Okay. It, uh, <laughs> you know the thing about it, uh, and we're going to put the recipe up on our website. Uh, the Barefoot Contessa Turkey Meatloaf Recipe, and I made the gluten-free version because our sister-in-law Susan is gluten-free. Um, it's mild but savory. So that's good. So mm-hmm. you don't want bland food, but you don't want super sp- spicy food. Uh, and so I find it very good with grandchildren as well. It's a comfort food. It tastes even better with a little ketchup on it. Uh, and who doesn't love ketchup? That's uh, that's for certain. And uh, you have leftovers. So how great is that? So, uh, And I served this with uh, mashed potatoes, again, because Fiona could not <laughs> Uh, could not. She had to have soft foods and roasted broccoli. So you know, sort of a winter dinner. But here's something, and maybe you all know 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 this already. But our brother Dick does not like mass, mashed potatoes. Did you know that? No. Who doesn't uh, like mashed potatoes? How is that possible? This, I know. Okay. So 
Dick, our brother Dick is one year older than I am. I mean, we sat shoulder to shoulder for years at the dining room table. I, we've been to countless family events, Thanksgivings, where lots and lots of mashed potatoes were served. Oh, no, he hates them. He hates, they, they make him gag. <laughs> really? I've never heard of such a thing. And of no, course, isn't that, a, it's shocking. It's news. shocking. So, it's so, shocking. But it just goes to show that, like, if you have a sibling and you're spending time with him, you might learn something that you never knew. I, I just never knew that about him. So, so uh, don't put, don't make mashed potatoes for Brother Dick because he's uh, that's he doesn't eat. Yeah. So really? I did some roasted potatoes for him. They were fine. So anyway, but I, I so I, I feel like I was really helping out. And mainly I was also helping the care, primary caregiver there, our sister-in-law, Susan. And anyone that knows when you've been taking care of people that are recovering in your house, it's nice to do stuff for the caregiver too. And so by because I was there, it enabled Susan, hey, to leave the house, go run some errands. She got her she took a bike ride one day. She got to take a walk. She got to get her hair cut. You know, those things, you know, can be a boost uh, to people who are really involved in caregiving. And I was so happy that I could do that. So um, but I have to say uh, I had a very unusual experience happened to me in your fair city, Liz, of Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing the cooking, so I went to a grocery store. I'm not going to name this grocery store uh, because I was picking up the ingredients for the turkey meatloaf. Uh, Leanne, I also did some Copper River salmon because mm-hmm. Copper River salmon is actually affordable, slightly affordable in um, yes. Oregon with the dill and the capers and the horseradish. I yes. thought, again, another winter recipe that you, you know, that you make. So I'm there and I'm talking to the butcher and I'm getting the turkey. And then we're, we're having some chit chat about how much salmon I need. And, uh, you know, and he asked me where I'm from and I told him I was from Texas and he said he was originally from California. And I said, Oh, that's too much salmon. Now he said, what are you going to serve with it? And I told him mashed potatoes and roasted broccoli. And, um, he said, no, no. Uh, what are you going to drink with it? And I said, well, I, I really, don't think we're doing a lot of drinking <laughs> with this meal because we, you know, uh, I'm on duty. Uh, we have the underage oral surgery uh, recovering patient and our brother Dick doesn't drink. So it didn't seem like this was going to be the night to buy a bottle of wine. But he, the butcher turned to me and he said, let me show you my Pinot Noirs. And he came out from around the, the butcher case and he's now got my shopping cart And he's taking me over to the wine section of the grocery store. And I'm... (laughs) They're very proud of their Pinots. Yes, they are. Oregonians are insane (laughs) about their Pinots. So proud. Have you ever had this before? Like, this is the butcher. He's... Now he's got my cart. And he's walking me over to the... Yeah, the Willamette Valley Pinot Noirs. I got to get one of these, you know. I was like, what I feel like... If I had said yes to that Pinot Noir, I'd be in the parking lot with this guy and the the shopping cart. Have you ever heard of that? You think he was was, trying to pick you up? Is that your... Yes, I think he was actually trying to pick me up, which at first I was confused, Leanne, because... Because it's been 40 years? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's about right. And two, I was like, well, is this just extreme customer service? Mm. But I've never... I mean, there were other customers... That wanted to buy, you know, fish meat. and meat, but he just came with me and 
took me mm. over to the Pinot Noirs. And so- mm-hmm. Wow, she that sure all did. could have taken yeah. a turn. You are right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo, Julie. I, I was You're really confused. living on the edge, Jewel. Yeah, living on the edge. Turkey meatloaf and personalized pinots. <laughs> Okie dokie. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is I can never, ever go back to that grocery store <laughs> yeah. again. I don't think so. Or, I, or I'm going to have to just stay in the produce department. I, I can't. Maybe the dairy. But the dairy is kind of close to where mm. the fish and the meat are. So I, I guess I guess just strictly vegetarian from now on in. I can't. <laughs> Okay. I think he's done this before. That's I came away when I bet the more I think about it, I think I think I bet this line has worked before. Let me show you my my Pinot Noirs. Yeah, it's it's his go to move. Right. Okay. well, I'm going to be up in Bend later this summer. So you're going to have to tell me what grocery store that was because I need to see him for myself. (laughs) Off the air. Yeah, I need to see him for myself. Yep. Yep. Okay. well, moving on. Thanks for the Bend report. It's funny. I had like a funny question in a deli the other day that I thought. This might be the most kind of L.A. exchange I've ever had with anyone because the kind of conversation that that could only happen in Oregon. This one could only happen in L.A. So I'm at, the, I'm at a local a gourmet takeout joint, you know, Marmalade mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. They've, everything is excellent at Marmalade. So I'm, I'm go in there for my regular chicken spring rolls for lunch, two spring rolls and the peanut sauce. It's delish. And as I'm paying... The guy asked me if I use Postmates, which I have never used. I feel like that would be a very slippery slope for me. To right. Have too much food delivered directly to my home? No. And he said, well, you should really try it. I was like, well, why? He said, because uh, they'll send you a free corned beef sandwich. And, <laughs> that and, sounds good. And I said, why would Postmates... Send me send me a free corned beef sandwich. It seemed like an odd choice yeah. that you're not just getting like a $5 credit. Right. You're specifically getting a free corned beef sandwich like right now over the next couple of days from Postmates. And I'm like, why would they send me a corned beef sandwich? And he said, it's a promotion for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So you'll vote in the Emmys for them. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, people, if you want to know, like, what makes this such a twisted town sometimes, is people are constantly campaigning to win awards. They're handing out free corned beef sandwiches. <laughs> so you, I don't I'm sure that's some kind of violation of the rules, right? That, you were saying corned beef, and I'm like, this isn't Who even a corned beef town. No. Like, no, there's not even a place where you go get corned beef. <laughs> no. There's a couple of Jewish delis, yeah. but that's it. But, of course, it's an Emmy campaign. It's an, well, there you it's go. It's an Emmy campaign. That is hilarious. So that explains everything. That's uh, so funny. So there's just a lot of unusual conversations going on <laughs> in Food Emporia wow. lately. I know. You you just can't trust. It's not a, a simple exchange or a transaction <laughs> anymore. You really can't trust what's going on in grocery stores. Uh, anyway, but I was back in town. I told you. Last week, right after the show, I was running off to New York because uh, my friend Suzanne was getting a big career achievement award from an organization called Women in Sports and Events. I've been a member for a long time. Much of my career was in sports. And uh, anyway, Suzanne, who is a um, director at CBS Sports, was getting one of their five big awards. So I went to the thing, and I got to say, you know, it was fantastic. That's great. I mean, networking organizations like that, you think, well, that's kind of a grind. And I was there, of course, for Suzanne. But, like, you know, they just spend a lot of time with all of their, like, seminars and this and that. And you can get kind of disengaged with how um, 
just how really inspiring it is to be together sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this event was truly inspiring. Even if it hadn't been a friend of mine up on stage, Good. it would have been inspiring. But it was particularly inspiring because uh, Suzanne, who in my friendship circle, Suzanne is really the glue. The, the group that we call Girls' Night Productions, Suzanne was uh-huh. always the organizer and always the one that would that would sort of schedule like, oh, let's get together in two weeks or whatever. Anyway, so the lineup of people getting the awards, I mentioned last week that Anita de France, who is a member of the International Olympic Committee, I believe was the first female like executive uh, on the IOC. And the first African-American. And the first African-American, yeah. right. She and was an Olympian herself. A gold medalist, a right. Bronze medalist. Bronze mm-hmm. medalist, okay. You've worked with her. I have worked with uh, her, so anyway, I know her bio. Anita yeah. was supposed to get an award, but boom, she had to go off to an emergency meeting at the IOC in Switzerland, so she didn't make it. But whatever, it's okay, because I already know Anita. The others were all great. The next award went to Janet Fletcher from Procter & Gamble, and she was the person in the sort of sports marketing operation inside Procter & Gamble that that, uh, sort of invented the Thanks Mom oh. campaign. Remember when they oh, did that? Oh, we loved that. We I still do it. Yeah, it still yeah. makes me cry. Yeah, yeah. winner, winner. Yeah. So that was her base. It's not like she wrote the copy or anything. That was Wyden and Kennedy, the ad agency. But she's the one that sort of figured out, like, that was what Procter & Gamble wanted to say. Like, And so she was really fun to listen to. She's had a very interesting career. Half of it, nothing to do with the sports world or anything. So she was great. Then there was a one, woman named Lisa Murray, who works for one of the big sports agencies called Octagon, so they represent a lot of properties. Then Michelle Roberts, I'm going to come back to her. She's the executive director of the NBA Players Association, so the only woman to run a players association in sports. Oh, the NBA, the, not uh, the yeah. WNBA. No, the NBA. NBA. She runs the NBA Players Association. Oh, wow, that's a big deal. And uh, and Suzanne Smith, who's just the glue uh, yeah. for, for for my life. So, okay, doubling back to Michelle Roberts, who I had never met. She is awesome. I just love this woman. But she was introduced by Roger Mason Jr., who was a former NBA player, and he was also the former deputy executive director of the NBA Players Association. And he talked about how they came to hire Michelle Roberts, because obviously that's a pretty coveted job. And so he said, we got it down to our final five candidates. We brought all five candidates into Las Vegas, and we were like meeting with each one of them. And he said, really, really putting them through their paces. This is a, a very difficult job. We had a lot of hard questions, and we went through all, we're firing all these questions at Michelle, and she's like getting through them and answering them. And so he said, when we were done with what we wanted to find out from her, Uh, I said, so do you have any questions for us? And uh, and she said, so when are you going to ask me about being a girl? (laughs) 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 And he said, literally, like all everyone else in the room was. Not a girl. Uh, he said, literally, we all kind of exhaled at that moment because, yes, of course we had to talk about that. Right. Like what? He said, we hadn't asked about that. Well, how are we going to ask about that? But the fact that she immediately out of the gate said, OK, let's address the sort of gender issue. And then she said something to him when he repeated it in the room at this big luncheon. It got a giant laugh from everyone in the room. She said to them, to all these NBA players, she said, 
my past is littered with the bones of men who have underestimated me. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and he said, that's when we knew we had the woman that was going to run. We had the person who was going to run the NBA Players Association. So anyway, so that was super fun. And then Suzanne, my friend Suzanne, who hates speaking in public. Oh, really? Oh, hates it. She's, you know, the woman with the headset in the truck calling the cameras. She is not used to being out front of things. But she had prepped with, uh, like, a number of our friends are sportscasters. And so she had really worked <laughs> So through. she had some professional help. She did. She had Andrea yeah. Joyce, you know, who you see on the Olympics and who we've met on a lot of occasions. Andrea helped prep her for the speech. And she had some very important things she wanted to say. So anyway, it was it was all great. And as I say, super inspirational. So if there is a networking organization in whatever industry you're in, Instead of poo-pooing it, like, I would say lean into that a little bit. It really helps. It was it was really highly... Yeah, that's good advice, Liz. Yeah, because yeah. I think people get burned out of those. Yeah, they you do. don't think you have... T- you, you know, you're already so busy, you don't feel like you have time for that. Yeah. But that's good. If you can mentor someone or if, whatever. Or so, especially, I think, this younger generation feels like, well, I don't necessarily need a women's networking yes. organization because we've solved yeah, that problem hey. in the workplace. <laughs> I mean, really, when you <laughs> talk to young women, you're surprised to hear that. So, but it's just, a, you know, hey, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. You might find 10, 15, 20 years down the line, your yeah. career, you need, you need actually need the support of other women yeah. in your industry. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good idea. Okay. So then... Andrea Joyce, who I just mentioned, she threw an after party at the roof of her building in New York. So I posted a picture of that. Um, so I'm, I'm arriving there. I'm in the elevator with another woman who's obviously also going to the roof. So we introduced ourselves, and her name was Sarah. And it's a young woman, like mid-20s, and uh, she said she was a lawyer. But I'm looking at her, I'm thinking, she looks so familiar to me, but I don't know any... 24-year-old lawyers in New York, you know. Uh, Anyway, so then we get up to the party and people are arriving and this other woman comes in and like gives her a giant hug. And in the exchange between them, I glean that, well, they know each other because they were both on the 2002 Olympic team together. And that's when I realized it's Sarah Hughes who won the gold in figure skating when she was 16 years old in the 2002 Olympics. So that's when I took a picture of me and her together and sent that to you, Liam, because I knew you... (laughs) Yeah, she's the dark horse gold medalist. Yes, out not of a, nowhere. Yeah, not right. expected to. That was not supposed to be her peak year. Yes. And, and then she did it and then sort of retired. Yes. Yeah. And now she's, a, now she's a first-year associate at a law firm in New York. But the other woman who walked in was also a member of the 2002 Olympic team. She was on the women's hockey team. Oh. And she won a silver medal. Okay. So, oh, okay. You, <laughs> you two probably have a lot to say to each other. You feel I, you feel a little shabby when you don't have an Olympic medal hanging around your neck at these parties, Liz, don't exactly, you? Exactly, Julie. But anyway, it was highly inspirational. So it was... Uh, that's my report. It was super fun. I'm glad I made the effort to go. These things are really worth it. Good. Good job. All right. Good stories. Julie got picked up and Liz, Liz <laughs> met a gold medalist. What a week you guys have had. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. We would like to thank a couple of sponsors for Satellite Sisters. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen 
for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay. And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you, it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right. We are back. One of the strangest news stories of the week this week had to be in a week with a lot of news stories, Mm -hmm. but this was a strange one. Uh, The woman who fell asleep, allegedly fell asleep on an Air Canada flight, No one noticed her. They took the plane back out into the parking lot and just left her there overnight. And she woke up several hours later in a completely dark, empty plane parked miles from the terminal. And her cell phone was dying and she had to get herself out of that plane. How crazy was that story? That sounds very scary. That sounds very, very scary, but very Strangely, and I don't understand that because of all the protocol that when I mean you've we've traveled enough that when you're on planes, but like where she, was she sitting near the window? How is it when they clean the planes or when the flight attendants go through at the end? You know, at, at the end of the flight, how is it that they didn't notice her? I, that's what I don't understand. Was she hiding? I, then, I that's what I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I'm suspicious, but because I have never slept like one bloody second on a plane, <laughs> it is hard for me to understand that you could be so asleep, so asleep during deboarding that, mm-hmm. like, did she wake up, notice people were deboarding, and then go back to sleep? Like, deplaning, Lee, deplaning. And the word is deplaning. All right. So, you know, yeah. that that it just makes no sense to me. Or no. had she taken a sleeping pill? It was a flight from uh, Toronto to Quebec City. So not just like a 10 super minutes. long flight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's not, I, I just don't understand that. Yeah. Because, and what everyone else in her row, where was she sitting that, that they didn't have to climb over her to get out? Or, no, like, I guess not. She just woke up alone in the plane. Now, Air Canada is saying, quote, we're still reviewing the matter. So we have no additional details to share, mm-hmm. but we have followed up with the customer and remain in contact with her. And then I saw some other quotes about, yes, they do have a protocol. And yes, there's one crew member is supposed to stay on board and sweep the plane. 
But right. you can see maybe you just, oh, I don't see anybody. And if you're slumped over in a seat, like right. exhausted. But and- still they have the cleaning crew come through because they have to go. They go in the seat pockets and get all the junk and stuff they, that people they barely, jam in the seat pockets. No, they barely they go, clean they those clean planes anymore. Planes. No. <laughs> yeah. I think the cleaning protocol is totally broken down, too. They, they turn around those planes so quickly now. I've noticed there's barely any cleaning. Yeah. Well, I mean, but she, they're going up and down the aisle. You would notice a giant body, a, you know, a, someone sleeping. OK, so what's your I theory? Th- I think she must have been high. Was she hiding? Did she want to stay on the plane? I, I Did she have want that to create too. this commotion. I hate to, you know, I don't want to accuse her again. I, I have <laughs> no, no, no facts. I have no facts, but it's uh, I just we, don't understand. This story makes no sense to me. Yeah. No, no. I think this is the whole purpose of this segment is to speculate wildly. Is it, oh, okay. So you think okay. maybe she hid in the bathroom for some reason? Yes. And yes. Yeah. Yes. What does she hope to gain? Well, she is okay, now. It's like uh, this is her, you know, now she's got some. She's got, I mean, Air Canada, don't you think she, she's going to sue Air Canada? Yeah. Yeah, sure. she said today, a, a news story today reported that she has hired a lawyer and she's interested in suing Air Canada. Wow. Now, yeah. I will say this. It would be really my worst nightmare. I'm claustrophobic. I know it's sleep on planes. I'm not, like, when it's time to, what is the word, Liz? Deplane? Deplane, yes. <laughs> like, no one wants to get off that plane faster than me. I can't stand yes. it when people take too long taking their luggage out of the overhead. I'm like, I have to get off the plane now. <laughs> right now. It doesn't okay. matter if the flight is a half an hour or 12 hours. I have to get off right now. So, but I read that she was a mother of two. Didn't someone on the other end, weren't they expecting her? Or where? I don't know. I don't know anything. Where was... Her the loved ones. How and come then, they were not asking where she was? Uh, you know, I don't know. She had to flag down somebody in a luggage cart. She managed to get the plane door open, but she's just there's no gate. They're right. not at the terminal, so she's you can't 40, deploy the slide. Haven't we seen the demo of how to deploy the slide enough <laughs> times so you could just do that? I don't know. She had to flag down the luggage cart guy, and like she said, she was sitting on the edge of the plane, and her legs were dangling. And I, I mean, the whole wow. thing. Well, I don't see. And again, I I mean, we spend so much time and effort on the security getting on the plane. Uh, I mean, what a security breach for this airline that they, you know, that they had someone who was able to stay on a plane. I mean, what I mean, what are those protocols about? You know? (laughs) Wow. Which again, last week we started the segment. One more thing to worry about. And now we can add this to the list. (laughs) There's one more thing you can worry about. Yeah. But I would say as someone who sleeps so well on planes that I have occasionally had flight attendants wake me up when it was time to deplane, like I can see how it could happen, but I cannot see how the deplaning process could actually happen and you would stay asleep the whole time. Right. Unless you were either drugged or doing it on purpose. Right. Okay. Thank you, okay. Liz. Thank you. Just that's my wild speculation. All right. Let's just keep our eye on this story. So there's more to this story. More, more to this story. than meets the eye here. All right. Speaking of keeping an eye on this story, here's the story from the LA Times by reporter Richard Reed. Uh, it's about dogs at the Amazon headquarters in Seattle. So, and the headline is Alexa, how many dogs come to work at Amazon Seattle? And the answer is seven thousand <laughs> every day. Well, every day, 7,000 registered employee dogs at the Amazon headquarters, 800 of which about 10 percent come every day Uh to the workplace. Mm -hmm. Okay, now nobody loves dogs more than the satellite sisters. And I'm very pro. We love them. I have a dog right here in my workplace, (laughs) in my closet with me, Oliver, the birthday boy. Yeah. 
So, but Amazon has figured out that, you know, if you're good to people's dogs, people, it builds a lot of company loyalty, makes employees happier. They were rated the number one company for dogs by Rover.com. I believe they were a sponsor for a short (laughs) period of time. Do the dogs vote? Who votes? How is is that? Okay. All right. Okay. And here's what you get. Two paws up. (laughs) Four paws up. Here's what okay. you get if you're a dog at Amazon. First of all, you can go to the workspace with your with your person, human. right? You don't have to go to a doggy daycare, although there are many doggy daycares available on campus. But then you can stop for lunch and have a flank steak or New Zealand venison purchased by the owners of a newly opened Just Food for Dogs oh, yeah. restaurant at oh. the headquarters. How about that? You can go eat a cream-filled cannoli from Puddles Barkery. <laughs> Okay. If perhaps your human has a meeting they might need to attend or work they actually need to do. So you can drop them off at the Amazon doggy daycare spot for a shampoo, a blow dry and nail polish. (laughs) Or you can take them up to the dog park on the 17th floor. It's on the deck there. And they have a a dog park just for them, including ornamental fire hydrants and artificial gas. Okay. That sounds awesome. Stop. Just you have to stop. Do they have these same... Uh, amenities for children do they have these do they have child care centers that rival these dog care centers that's what i'd like to know julie this is what i, I would like to know this that. is what I would this like is to know that. this is where the turn came for me like you know mm-hmm. like this is all great and i love dogs and it's fantastic but first yeah. of all that's a lot of dogs every day at the office yeah. and several people do say like i'm really a cat person or i have allergies or sometimes yeah, i'm so late for meetings cuz i can't get through all the dogs in the hallway which <laughs> okay <laughs> so but i i also thought there was one line like well you can't be really productive at work if there's somebody at home who misses you i'm like yeah like every like working parent children. ever <laughs> yes so true. I yes. don't the story does not address that, Julie. And maybe we have okay. Amazon employees that listen to the show that can fill us in. We probably do have yeah, a couple like that to listen know. to the show. But it did strike me like, boy, these are things working I will just say working moms, but working parents in general, but working mothers have been looking for for right. generations, yes. decades. Wouldn't you well, wouldn't you love it if you were still you know nursing that you could bring your baby to the office? Yeah. Why why can other people bring dogs? Or there's there's right. a vet on staff there. So like imagine if there was a pediatrician and oh gosh great after school programs and stuff like that. I it just did strike me like I wanted to be happy for these dogs, <laughs> but then I started to resent them. But then it's the bitter, the bitterness of being a working mom. Yes, it comes back. It bubbles up, doesn't it, Leanne? I, yeah. I remember once at Satellite Sisters, we were going on a book tour and we had a discussion and Monica wanted someone, the company, to pay for her dog care. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, how about paying for my child care then? Yes. Like, I don't, like, I'm not against her dog care, but... Other people no. have been, you know, there is a, even in a five person company, there can be some equity issues, <laughs> dog versus children. So I don't know. There's it so, just sounds like the dogs at Amazon have an awesome time. They do. I also yeah. hope the working parents have some of the same, uh, you know, things extended to them. You know, maybe they do, because obviously companies like Amazon, we know they put you through paces. They mm-hmm. want you to be there 14 hours. A day. Right. Like right. there's a method to this madness. Mm-hmm. But uh, they even have like teams of professionals like that is their job at Amazon is the dog program. Really? Yeah. I mean, someone that has to make like a good okay. gig. <laughs> that sounds someone great. Has to manage it. So that okay. is a fun job. All right.
the dogs of Amazon. Yeah. Maybe you could just break in and drop your dog off at, <laughs> at, at Amazon. If you work next door or something. <laughs> right. I mean, but don't they have something like 38,000 employees there or something? It's, I was surprised how many people actually work on their main campus. It was a huge number. It's a big so, number. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, Well, they said – so. Yes, it's like 49,000 because they said one in seven employees has officially registered their dog. Yeah. So, and then you can bring multiple dogs. You can yeah. bring two. I mean, imagine showing up at work with two dogs. I don't even, <laughs> yeah, I don't even understand. But uh, there you go. Okay. It's a good place to be a dog. Well, I've thought about bringing Hooper to our workplace here, but like, Barking when you're recording is no. not good. So those two things do not get <laughs> in. Yeah, do not. You've had a little of that barking with with recording. Yes, I yeah. don't. Yeah, again, I love dogs. Yes, but working from home, it's different. We love the sound of the barking from home. Uh, anyway, yeah. okay. Well, speaking of uh, crazy technology companies, um, under the umbrella concept of whose bright idea was this, mm. which we return to from time to time. I was just reading with great interest that Facebook has announced that they've invented a new cryptocurrency. You know, so like Bitcoin we've talked about, whatever. So the their idea is to help the people that are called unbanked. You know, there are people all over the world that do not have traditional bank accounts. What kind of currency could we create online that would allow the unbanked people to have more services? So I'm kind of for for that. And so they named this cryptocurrency Libra, which, Leon, as a classics major, you might appreciate that this comes from the word for a Roman unit of weight measure. Oh, yeah. So, okay. The scales. And and they wanted to, um, the French stem, Julie, you speak French, so lib, as in liberté, they thought that had a nice ring to it, meaning free. So, I don't know, free money? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. So, but here, so they announced all the details. It's too complicated to understand. The moment I see the word blockchain, I'm usually out. But, um, <laughs> but here's what Facebook has said. Facebook has said, if you're using this Libra, uh, they will not import any of your contacts or any of your profile information. They may ask if you want to do it, but if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. It also won't share any of your transaction data back to Facebook, so it won't be used to target you with ads. Uh, you won't find it in your news feed, or um, there's, no, there's no sharing of the information between Libra and uh, the rest of Facebook, though it will be in your WhatsApp and whatever. I know. And it said data will only be shared in specific instances in anonymized ways for research or adoption measurement for hunting down fraudsters or due to a request from law enforcement. So, okay, here's what I want to say about this. I don't buy a word of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why would we believe this? Why would we believe this from uh, from Facebook? Like, I, there are things I trust Facebook for. Like, I trust Facebook for pictures of cheese boards. Yeah. <laughs> I trust Facebook for pictures of your kids' graduations. I love seeing your own Operation Sea Turtle accomplishments, like the people that climbed a big mountain last weekend, all of that. I love seeing all of that. But letting Zach get his hands on my money? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So I agree with you, Liz. I do not trust Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. the, I mean, no matter what the technology is, no matter how it's going to make my life easier, uh, I'm not doing it. 
I mean, every time something goes wrong, they just say, oops, we're sorry. Well, I don't want that with all my money, with this, like, fictional money you're creating, liberté, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I know it's not fictional money. I understand. And there's some way to track it, but whatever. So um, now, I am aware, as I say this, that you might be listening to this a decade from now and laughing <laughs> and laughing at me because people often comment they listen to a 10-year-old show where we all agreed that Twitter was the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> and they sort of chide us for it, like, ha, 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 you guys didn't get it. But uh, I'm just going to say this. Twitter is the stupidest thing ever. Like, right. Aren't we all discovering that now? <laughs> I know it went up, but I feel like it's coming back down the other side. So so be it. I'm just, um, I'm not going with this one. This is, whose bright idea was this? When the answer is Zuckerberg, I'm out unless yeah. it involves cheese boarding <laughs> well how do you feel about bigfoot liz i uh, love it, love the bigfoot yeah so yes. yeah this is just a little uh, little tidbit little addendum to that um a couple weeks ago the fbi released their official bigfoot file and i did not realize there is actually yeah. that is money well spent it is Can I say that that's federal government money well spent 22 yeah. pages, okay, about Bigfoot. There's an actual, like, website you can go to. It's called the FBI's Vault, where after people die, they, with a relative amount of time, uh -huh. they release any FBI files that they have. You can wow. spend hundreds of hours looking through FBI files about dead celebrities or Bigfoot. <laughs> but they release these files for a couple of reasons it's notable. First, they feel, according to the FBI, that Bigfoot is dead, but that Bigfoot was real. Probably. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a pretty good, mm -hmm. pretty, really? yeah, some pretty good evidence that Bigfoot was real. So I know if you're a conspiracy theory out there, <laughs> theorist out there, you're going to want to check this out. We'll have the link <laughs> in our web pages. I just find that comforting. Okay. I like it. I, it's sad to think that Bigfoot could be dead, though. <laughs> I, I'm not willing to believe that yet. I thought, I mean, I, in Bend, they sell a lot of Bigfoot stuff, oh, right? Yeah. I yes. mean, it, isn't yeah. that supposed to be the headquarters for Bigfoot? Is yeah. Bend, yeah. or at least well, Oregon? Okay. Oregon and Washington. Yeah. The Pacific Northwest yeah. is the land of the Sasquatch. Right. Yeah. I think that's why he was on okay. my mind, because yeah. it was just in the Pacific Northwest and Washington and Oregon, and I was surprised how much Bigfoot paraphernalia there was. Yeah. Like, yeah. He still looms large in their imaginations, and, you know, the okay. FBI... So the FBI had actually been looking for Bigfoot mm -hmm. at one point? Yeah, they tested somebody, a scientist, you know, they had that footage. You've seen that famous Bigfoot footage yes. and a couple of other grainy photographs. And Liz, it's a big character. You know, you just, mm -hmm. you don't want that. I mean, if it's not a Bigfoot, what is it? You know what I mean? And that's running around. I just didn't know that was the FBI's job. <laughs> Well, you know, they primarily, as they say in the article, conduct exams for law enforcement agencies uh -huh. in connection with criminal investigations. But, you know, there was just enough high profile people that believed in Bigfoot. And so the FBI got the support it needed to open a file. That must they be a fun team to be on. tested some hairs that they were convinced were Bigfoot's hair, or this, this uh -huh. Bigfoot watcher in Oregon. And it turned out they were a member of the Deer family. So that oh. was kind of a disappointment. So some they were... loose Amazon dog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh -huh. so there you go. If you have, so if we have Bigfoot fans in the uh, in the audience, there's some nice summer reading. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, all right, we want to thank a couple more sponsors here at Satellite Sisters. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling, you're grilling and For chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing: because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer. Yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what uh, 
what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. All right, we are back. We're back. And back Julie, it's and time for entertaining got, it's time sisters. For enter, entertaining sisters. And you know, uh, Leanne and Liz, I have a recommendation, a Netflix series recommendation for you. It's called Trinkets. Have you heard about this? This is a Netflix teen drama, and it's the story of three alienated teens that bond at a Shoplifters Anonymous uh, self-help group meeting. It's based on the young adult novel um, by uh, Kirsten Kiwi Smith, who wrote uh, 10 Things I Hate About You and Legally Blonde. Oh, so, oh wow. Oh, yeah. okay. So this is... 10 30-minute episodes, and I was drawn into, oh, and it's also, it's filmed in Portland, Oregon, so that's why I thought both of you might enjoy this. Now, it's cheesy. It's soap opera. It's like a soap opera. They're 10 30-minute episodes, and I was watching it in Bend with our uh, niece, Fiona, last week. She was recovering from oral surgery. She had to put ice packs on every 30 minutes, which worked out well. So she started watching this series because it was filmed in Portland. She wanted to see the scenes. And I was changing her ice packs. And I got drawn into to this series. So I think it's an ideal summer series, like when maybe you're recovering from some kind of operation or <laughs> you come, a, you have a rainy day, a, a summer cold, or it's too hot to go outside. I, I mean, it is the story of teens, but I, this is not, these teens are pretty mature. So I, I don't want to recommend it for young teens to watch because many of the themes are pretty pretty mature as all but teens are on television mm-hmm. all teens are like 82 in television they're like doing <laughs> okay. things that i couldn't even do in my early 30s yeah yes okay. okay well that's exactly but you will love all the scenes of portland you'll know exactly where they are and uh and i i think it's just enough to to keep you satisfied uh you know you might have some time this summer so the name of the it's a netflix series called trinkets uh, i think if you have a college-age daughter it would be fun to watch it with. That's what I would say. Okay. More so than a teenage daughter. I would, you know, it's just pretty mature. But uh, but uh, maybe I'm Was being it too approved. mature for you, know. Julie. 
It's too mature for me. There was some scenes. No, we uh, we had, uh, and it was just a nice bonding moment with Fiona as we both as we both got lured into this series. Like yeah. she was like, "Do you want to do another one?" I was like, "Yeah, let's let's do another episode. Come on, I'll change your ice packs and let's keep going." Yeah, so we had some fun with it. So uh, Netflix series trinkets. I have a second recommendation. I don't know how this happened. I'm having kind of a big month for uh, for major events, but I. I'm, I'm, this is what I call, it's never too late to jump on the bandwagon. I know it's been on Broadway for years. I know the national tour has been out there for years, but I had the opportunity to see Beautiful, the Carol King musical. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that, Liz or Leon? Somehow, I believe no. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I'd, I would like to see it. Did you just see it? I just saw it this weekend. It's been here in Dallas, um, and I... Uh, you know, I mean, Carol King, of course, she is the most successful female songwriter of all time. Mm-hmm. And this is the story of her life. Um, and it it has it's not only the music we associate on the Tapestry album with Carol King, but it's all the music that she wrote for other um, groups in the early in the 50s and the 60s. I mean, you just get this sense of what an enormous talent she was, how she was really a groundbreaker in, in terms of, you know, being a woman, uh, you know, and being a songwriter. It was a very unusual career for her to choose and just how how many hit songs she did. I mean, it's so, and it's a Broadway show. So mm-hmm. you've got great singers, you've got dancers. Sarah Bockel is, um, is the, on the national tour. And she just has a quality to her voice that sounds so much like Carole King. I mean, it's great. And, uh, you know, for me, Carole King, she was really it because she was such a strong woman singing such powerful songs, you know, just banging out that piano. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, at, during a time when it was mostly, you know, boy rock and roll bands, you know, she was very, you know, Joni Mitchell, obviously, but, mm-hmm. you know, Carol King was, was really a groundbreaker too. Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay. Yep. I definitely have to see this at some point. You have to see How it. I and I just want to shout out to Kansas City and Worcester, Mass. Those are the two next stops on the national tour. Um, I Go check it out because uh, Beautiful is coming your way and it's definitely worth, uh, it's a very enjoyable show. Yeah. Okay. All right. I have a book recommendation <laughs> and it is from uh, the Satellite Sisters Best Beach Bag Book List. Nice choice. Oh, Let's just admit, Leon did almost all of the work on yeah. that list. So Leon, yeah. I wanted to thank you for recommending the book. Daisy Jones and the Six. You pitched it on our episode yes. about the best beach bag book list. And then I read about it. You did a whole blog post at SatelliteSisters.com with more information. And it's sort of a rock and roll tale from the 70s. But it's also kind of the tale of Fleetwood Mac. Right. Right. And so, oh, like you hooked me right then. So... I downloaded the audiobook because last week, as I mentioned, I was flying to New York and back. So I thought, I need a really great audiobook. And the way you had described the format of that book is like an interview style, yes. right? It's like a transcript. It's not traditional prose, right? Right. And 
oftentimes those kinds of things really lend themselves well to audiobooks because they cast all the different voices and it really keeps it lively. And that's, in fact, what they did with uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. So, like, Benjamin Bratt is one of the voices. Oh, Jen- I like Jen- him. Jennifer Beale is one of the voices. It was awesome. So I listened to it flying back from New York last week, and all I can say is, thank God I had it. Because at the last minute, I could make an earlier flight. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go for that. But I ended up in a middle seat in like row 87, you know, in coach. So even I was feeling a touch of claustrophobia in that moment. But to be able to just immerse myself in this world of early 70s rock and roll, the Sunset Strip, a lot of it happened right here. Right here where we are. On the Sunset Strip where we are. It like that's a, you know, five and a half hour flight. I had already started the book. It like made the trip just a pleasure. So if you're tempted to read Daisy Jones and the Six and you like audiobooks, it's a particularly great audiobook. The format really lends itself to that. So next up, another one on your list, which I'm going to try next is Pride, Prejudice and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev. Okay. So I'm buying I that. I just finished it. I just finished it, it, Liz. I loved it. It's great. It's very involving. It's what you would expect out of a Pride and Prejudice book. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I, so that is fun. Yeah. I also want to recommend, Lee and I read Lost and Found in Spain. Oh, the yeah. Tales of an Ambassador's Wife by Susan Lewis Solomon. And uh, and that was very enjoyable. She, be, uh, she was, became the wife of this... U.S. ambassador to Spain, and it's sort of her story of moving to Madrid, the three years she was there, of being an expat, of being an ambassador's wife, and sort of finding her way and her role, and it was very enjoyable. Good. Yeah. Okay. It's quite a list. It is well, a good well list. Done. Well Thank done. Well done, So that's so. Listen to the episode, and uh, that's where we also interview Jennifer Weiner. So that's a really good episode to listen to. And then the expanded list is all at SatelliteSisters.com. So enjoy. This is going to keep you reading all summer. I promise you. Everything on it is really, really fun. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. thank you. And Julie did help. But yes, I did yes, work hard. I, and one of the hallmarks of the list is I read all the books. Yes. Because I do get, because yes. there are books that are coming out that I couldn't read, like I wanted to include. And I have some ways to get early copies, but uh, on other books I couldn't. So I did read all the books on the list. That's okay. the that's one of the, the that's caveats. That's the quality control we exercise here <laughs> at Satellite Sisters. <laughs> It takes me a while, but I do it. But I do it. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, First of all, we'd like to thank our sponsors for today's show. And thanks to all of you who really do support our advertisers. Yeah, it makes a big difference to us. It makes a huge difference. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We mean it. Uh, We mean it. And um, And also, thanks for recommending our show to all of your friends. We can see you've been sharing episodes. That is really helpful to us. You know, because continuing to expand the circle of sisterhood and misterhood, that's our goal. So if you listen to an episode that you love right from whatever app you're using or from our website, SatelliteSisters.com, you can just send that to your friends. Don't hold back. Right. Just send them the audio. We Please, share the sisters. You can message it to them. And yes. Liz did a handy-dandy video that we posted, mm-hmm. um, but you could just message it to them. It's even easier it just to text it to them. Yeah. Right on their phone. From inside Apple Podcasts right. or Stitcher or CastBox or any of those. Right. So that's send. important. We'd also like to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show. Thank you, Sergio. Uh, on the to-do list this week, well, I know what I'll be doing Friday. What? Watching What's the that? U.S. women versus France. Wow. I mean, that's, that's oh, yeah. going to be oh, great. Yeah. 
That Come is going to be great. That is going to be great. I am excited. It's the U.S. It's the Women's World Cup. They're in Paris now. It's taking place in France. So it's the French team versus the American team. American team, very lucky to get out alive. Uh, <laughs> against Spain, let's not discuss it. Let's move forward. <laughs> Let us move forward, U.S. women's national team. Uh, but that is sort of prime time there in Paris. It's already sold out. The TV ratings have been huge around the world for the Women's World Cup, which is fantastic. And it's, it's nice to see. It's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see some parity amongst the teams. And But France, U.S., great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Liz, what do you have on your to-do list? Well, I'm uh, road tripping, Leon, hitting the road at the end of the week. Uh, the Hoop Man and I, um, it's summer vacay for us, so heading north, actually going to a, uh, a track meet in Northern California this weekend. I'll explain later, put that in context. I'll be passing through Bend at one point, visiting a friend in Santa Cruz at another point. So, yeah, hitting the road, yeah. summer road trip. All right. Julie, you got right. anything or are you just you're like I, I am gonna I'm gonna look at the book list, the beach bag book list. I read two of your books last week, Leon, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pick another one. Um I might do the audiobook about the American Wolf, Liz. That's oh, my it's really thing. good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that got mm-hmm. a lot of props, Liz. A lot mm-hmm. of people enjoyed that book too. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. I mean, you like the Wild West, Julie. You spend time yes, in do. the mountains of the West. Yes, and, I do. So yeah. you will appreciate also the rancher angle what the public thought the you know the people that are the um working on saving the animals there's a lot going on in that book all right excellent well everybody has a big week uh sisters be safe have a great time liz you too, Liam. You okay. don't forget all right. call your satellite sister <laughs>